Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. I'm your host, Brianna Wilson. I'm a certified dementia practitioner and the founder of Bamboo Care. So today we are talking about a super controversial topic, but also an interesting one, which is Alzheimer's disease as type 3 diabetes or diabetes of the brain. Now, let me preface this by saying I don't personally think that we should strictly classify Alzheimer's disease as type 3 diabetes. I think that would be particularly limiting and more hurtful than helpful. As of right now, the reality is the exact cause of Alzheimer's disease is not fully understood. But then again, the exact cause of most types of diabetes is unknown too. I mean, We have some ideas, right? But researchers still don't really know because there are so many factors involved. But whatever the case, the connection between Alzheimer's and diabetes is pretty interesting. And so I want to talk about how we even got to this idea of diabetes of the brain and why it's even a thing. Now, I will say that there are so many layers to this and it can get super deep. But we're going to keep it simple and outline the high-level concepts and connections. One, because I want you to actually understand it. And two, I'm still learning myself. And there's quite a bit of research out there on this topic, okay? Now, I'm going to go ahead and post the studies and information that I'm referencing in the podcast notes. So if you're interested in learning more, that's where you're going to want to look, okay? Before we get going... If you enjoy our podcast episodes, please be sure to give us a good rating to help other dementia care partners like yourself find our podcast. It would be super helpful. If you would like to keep up with us between episodes, then definitely consider following us on Instagram at Let's Bamboo or joining us in our free support community at letsbamboo.com slash champions. Also, if you haven't already, take a listen to episode 79 for January's housekeeping so that you don't miss any important announcements and happenings or the fact that we released January's freebie for the month. Things like that, okay? So let's go ahead and start with the basic definition of Alzheimer's disease as type 3 diabetes. So under this lens, it is seen as a metabolic syndrome that may lead to abnormalities linked to progressive brain insulin resistance with consequent impairment of central insulin signaling processes, accumulation of neurotoxins, neuronal stress, and resulting in a course of neurodegeneration. So basically a super fancy definition that really isn't so basic that we're going to break down, okay? But to start, basically researchers propose the term type 3 diabetes because Alzheimer's disease and type 2 diabetes are interlinked with insulin resistance, neuroinflammation, oxidative stress, advanced glycosylation end products, which are basically proteins or lipids that become sticky and stick to hemoglobin after exposure to sugars, mitochondrial dysfunction, which is when the mitochondria are unable to effectively produce enough energy for cells to function, and metabolic syndrome. So let's talk about all of this. 
If you didn't know already, one of the major risk factors of dementia is diabetes, especially type 2 diabetes, but also type 1 as well. In fact, the risk of developing Alzheimer's disease among people with diabetes is 65% higher than those without diabetes. So what exactly is going on with type 2 diabetes? There's too much glucose in the blood. Now, everyone needs glucose in their blood, right? It gives us energy. And then there's our friend's insulin. Insulin is important because it's what allows the glucose in our blood to enter our cells and thus give us that energy or fuel, but insulin also promotes learning and long-term memory. So with type 2 diabetes, what's happening is that your body either isn't producing enough insulin to manage the glucose in the blood, or the insulin is there, but it's not working properly. It's not able to do its job. So what happens when there's too much glucose in your blood? Well, there's a lot of smaller, seemingly harmless things that happen, like having to pee more, feeling thirsty fatigued, maybe headaches, but over time, too much glucose in the blood can damage the blood vessels that are supplying blood to the body's organs, and that's how we end up with complications like kidney disease or kidney failure, vision loss, strokes and heart attacks, a weakened immune system, neuropathy and poor circulation, and slow healing wounds. It's pretty serious, right? And that's why when a person does have diabetes, it's so important to make sure that it's being well managed. But as we know, those with cognitive impairment will have more difficulty managing and controlling their diabetes because they may forget to check their glucose and take their insulin as appropriate, right? So we just talked about the general role of glucose and how important it is at the right levels. So let's talk about glucose, brain function, and Alzheimer's disease and how that's all connected. So what studies have found is that with Alzheimer's disease, the brain's ability to process and use glucose deteriorates because again, there's something going on with the insulin hormone. And what they've further found is that this decline in glucose processing was associated with, or in some cases even preceded cognitive change, like memory loss, word-finding difficulty, and behavior changes. And even more, not only was there these changes in cognition, but the size and structure of the brain also deteriorated. So basically, there is insulin resistance in the brain, which then impacts cognition and may be a cause of Alzheimer's disease. Now, another interesting thing is the connection of APOE4 and insulin. Now, if you don't know, APOE4 is the strongest risk factor gene for Alzheimer's disease. It's a gene allele. And what they've found is that APOE4 carriers exhibit altered brain insulin signaling and thus impaired glucose metabolism. And so the association between Diabetes and Alzheimer's disease-associated amyloid pathology is actually stronger among carriers of APOE4. So that's a thing. Now here's the kicker. 
Even though, as you've heard, there are numerous connections between diabetes and Alzheimer's disease, individuals with type 2 diabetes are not routinely evaluated in terms of their cognitive status, and they are rarely treated for cognitive impairment, even though it is known that high blood sugar or insulin can harm the brain. And similarly, individuals with Alzheimer's disease are not routinely evaluated for high levels of insulin or for type 2 diabetes. So this is what is not happening in our hospitals and doctor's office. But this is what studies have found. They have found that people with diabetes have smaller hippocampal sizes than people without diabetes. People in early stages of type 2 diabetes have signs of brain dysfunction. In fact, one study's participants showed high levels of insulin resistance in the brain and a reduced ability to use glucose to fuel normal brain function. And individuals with type 2 diabetes show accelerated cognitive decline, specifically in executive function and information processing speed. So my question is this, why aren't most doctors checking for this? Why isn't this a routine part of the workup for either someone who has type 2 diabetes that may be showing some signs of cognitive impairment or people who have a cognitive impairment? Why are they not checking to see if there are elevated insulin levels or if they have type 2 diabetes? Now that's a question I honestly don't have the answer for but would love to know because I personally don't think it would hurt and here's why. At the beginning of this podcast episode, I mentioned that one of the major risk factors of dementia is diabetes, right? Now, what I didn't tell you yet is that type 2 diabetes is one of the most modifiable risk factors for dementia. Not the most, but definitely one of the most, okay? And the American Heart Association has actually identified lifestyle changes that a person can implement to achieve better cardiovascular health and reduce the risk for diabetes and dementia. And when you hear these, these are going to be a no-brainer because we literally hear this all the time for almost every health recommendation. And so the seven recommendations include managing blood pressure, controlling cholesterol, reducing blood sugar, being physically active every day, eating better, so a healthy, low-fat diet, losing weight if someone is overweight, and of course, to stop smoking. And so although we don't know exactly what causes the different types of dementia, especially Alzheimer's disease, we do know that it's likely some combination of environmental and lifestyle factors with a dab of genetics. And so any efforts towards a safe, non-toxic environment and a healthy lifestyle and diet that is individualized for each person can likely make a difference in someone's overall outcomes, okay? But I think that's all I have for you for this episode. Hopefully you found it as interesting as I did. Hopefully the way that I explained it was easy to understand. Like I said, this is a very deep topic and it can get very convoluted very quickly. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please consider leaving us a review 
to help others find the What the Dementia podcast. If anyone has any questions, comments, or future podcast requests, you can send us an email at podcast at whatthedementia.com. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. We look forward to catching you on the next episode. Take care, and until next time, stay strong, care on, and remember, you are not alone. Bamboo Care is always here.